on my time, I can reclaim it. Reclaiming my time. The solution is with women. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. I say jump back, honey, jump back. You got to decide. Do you want to be Nat Turner or Ike Turner? You do not get to be both. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Inside the Pink, where we talk all things women. I'm Uchechi. And I'm Aisha. And welcome. Welcome. This has been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, (laughs) but also a short time coming. Uh, Yeah. Because let me tell you, when we hustle... We hustle. (laughs) We're like, we're doing this. We're giving birth to this child. It's going to be... So we have Premature, gone, but right. And we have we are going through the labor pain. So y'all gonna come along with us. Yes. So what are we talking about, Aisha, today? Ooh, today we are talking about pleasure. That's the word of the day. And pleasure. Ooh. Yes. Hmm. So we wanted to jump in with before we really get into the meaning and the etymology, what it means to us. So, yeah. You want to start off, Yuchachi? So when I think of pleasure, I definitely think of hedonism. Mm. I think of sex. I think of good times. I think of uh, a lot of sunshine, mm. summer, good food. Mm. Yeah, just like kind of things that make you feel good on like all that. levels. Yeah, Things that make you feel good. Yeah, just I... enjoyment. Yeah, I think that's a good word. I mean, for me, I definitely, I mean, for my personal pleasure, I, I think of what it feels like to be on a dance floor mm-hmm. and time just doesn't exist or when you just hear some real good music on a beach. But enjoyment, I think of relief from pain. Yes. You know, when definitely. you've got a pain spot and something brings you ease, I feel like. Ease is pleasure, yes. Ease is pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ecstasy is pleasure. Mm-hmm. And um, and you can experience ecstasy and all sorts of ways. Um, and I think anytime you can lose track of your self-consciousness, like anytime your ego goes away, that feels good. Yeah. Obviously, your orgasm, obviously when you orgasm, your, your ego is not there. It's why you act so, we, that's why we you, act so primal. That's why we, exactly. It's like, that's where the growls come from. You just animalistic. That's where like the screams and the wildness. Do you remember yes. when on, on Twitter how they were talking about like how guy is gay for guys to moan? And everybody was just like, no, we well, don't want that. <laughs> Shall I have a tape recorder? We were like, no, get that up out of here. Whoever yeah. this guy is, like, get that out of here. Just be quiet. So he was just like, if you're if you're gay, if you moan, and we were just like, mm. oh okay, okay. So you've never really had sex. Cool. Actually, you're dead if you're not moaning. <laughs> <laughs> you may have sounds out. come along. Sounds come along, and then there's like this intricate. Um, and maybe we can get into this later, but like, mm-hmm. there's like this intricate. Um, just like connection between pleasure and pain how like mm-hmm. a heightened sense of pain can actually be pleasurable but how like pain mm-hmm. your pain could be somebody else's pleasure and vice Ooh, versa yes. so that's like yeah that's point. like that's what I think about too like how like in throughout history and stuff like that like mm-hmm. there seems to be this connection with suffering and pleasure and, yes yeah I almost feel we can't have the discussion of pleasure without talking about, about pain. pain yes that's crazy definitely true yes so you want to get into the 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 definition definition. So Merriam Webster <laughs> says that pleasure is desire, inclination, um, a state of gratification, sensual grat- gratification, frivolous amusement, mm-hmm. and a source of delight or joy. It's so interesting you said frivolous. Yeah. That's so problematic. So I was reading an article yeah. on uh the Huffington Post mm-hmm. and it talked about how 
the idea of guilty pleasures mm-hmm. and how we have to explain certain of our pleasures because we don't want to seem frivolous so we don't want to seem like we're not to be we are to be taken seriously and how the more serious you want to be taken the less you the more you are likely to deny public pleasures yes it's 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 one of it's one of the reasons we chose this topic, right? Yeah. Um, because I mean, this is one thing that I didn't say when I say what it means to me. I think the body is wired for creative expression, mm-hmm. wired for emotional expression. I mean, tears. I think tears are pleasure, especially yep. if you're sad, because it's just like it's the pain, but you just let it go. Laughter, all of those things that that bring about ease. But what I'm trying to say is like the body is wired for creative expression. So and emotional expression. A lot of those things, those feelings are pleasurable. So in the society where we really associate like being stoic, yeah, and we associate pleasures of of the body and the mind with being frivolous, a lot of people are walking around like in pain. In pain. So we're walking around in pain. Mm-hmm. And not only walking around in pain, but we've connected pleasure to simply sex or sensuality. Yes. So when we were when I was doing research for this episode, I was just thinking about how difficult it was to find. Mm-hmm. When I would look for stuff about black women and pleasure, I, I would only find things about black sexuality, mm. um, only or black bodies. I would never seem to find anything about about black women simply enjoying themselves, and that's because we are essentially not allowed that space to. Mm-hmm find things pleasurable in life unless it utilizes our bodies which doesn't give us autonomy over our bodies Mm -hmm, absolutely a question that kept coming up was uh where does the idea of pleasure come from like we so we have the definition but where Mm -hmm. does pleasure actually come from in our minds in our bodies like where do how do we find pleasure in things obviously i won't break it down like in terms of what's happening like in the in the brain Mm -hmm. um but i will say that pleasure i think was probably a way of life for maybe millennia (laughs) millennia and you know and and sensuality Mm -hmm. and engaging the senses and to an extent i think that engage anytime we really engage the senses whether it's taste touch sound smell a lot of those things bring about pleasurable experiences and i think and, and you'd have to look almost like to really maybe like the Middle Ages when we start mm. to see like all of these, um, the church and the, and, and the way we spread Christianity, interpreted Christianity and all of these initiatives to sort of curb pleasure. And I almost think it goes hand in hand with curving like curbing and I'm getting ahead of myself so we have to go back and backtrack but the the divine feminine right mm-hmm. because that the pleasure comes from the realm of the feminine it's not for women only but I'm talking about the feminine feminine, feminine energy yes it's provides this, that sensuality mm-hmm. is and so I think in a society where you suppress and oppress women you're also going to suppress pleasure, pleasure. I think that goes hand in hand so for the so there was a TED talk by Paul Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "The Origins of Pleasure," mm-hmm. and he's a psychologist. And in it, he said, "I thought I found this really interesting was that he suggests that pleasure is affected by our beliefs about hidden essences." Mm. So basically, what that means is that if you pour a bottle, a uh, pour wine from a very expensive bottle, you mm-hmm. will enjoy the wine more. I think it's been proven. Yeah. Yes. Several times. Yes. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter how cheap that 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 wine could Ripple. actually be. Yellowtail, nine ninety nine, white mixed Chardonnay, and you. But if you put it in a you know 
1909 Savon Blanc, out, mm. you know, uh, bottle, you will be convinced it is the absolute best wine that you've ever had in so your you get life. Take over tomorrow, right? Because <laughs> the sugar will <laughs> cause it. Like, and the thing is, it's not like the bottle is convincing. Your brain is literally mm-hmm. the the pleasure. The areas in the brain uh, for pleasure and reward literally light up. Mm. Think it, and it really convinces you that you. And it's literally from your ideologies of what you think is good things. So the idea is that pleasure starts in the mind. Yes. Which, ooh, that, that goes to sex. I mean, we, we're not trying to orient this conversation around sex, mm-hmm. but goodness, does that not go to sex? It really has a lot women. to do. Your mind has a lot to do. Which is, so while sex is very primal, mm-hmm. your mind has a lot to do with what you find pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Another thing he pointed out was that he put up a picture of a man and a woman. And he, he said if it would make a big difference if you told, if you said that the woman was a man and, vice, and then the man was a woman. It would completely change your ideas of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's true. Because if you're not attracted to, if you are not attracted to somebody who is masculine appearance of, you know, masculine presenting, yes, um, there's nothing that can, there's very little that can change that. Yes. E- despite the spectrum of sex, despite the uh, sexuality, mm-hmm. um, there's very little that can change what you are attracted to because what you are attracted to elicits your pleasure. Absolutely, and beauty is pleasure. And when, beauty is um, pleasure. I, I always note that the ways we describe feminine beauty, breathtaking, jaw-dropping, mm-hmm. drop-dead gorgeous, like if you were just to take those knockout, take just those words, knockout, drop-dead, jaw-dropping, it sounds like somebody's getting beat up. But it's because the visceral effect and the pleasure that beauty um, creates within the body the eye of the beholder is is staggering and you yep. do often actually have your body actually reacts to beautiful sights not just people but vistas and stuff like that so beauty is also pleasure and when women beautify themselves and and wrap themselves in glamour in essence they are actually creating pleasure not just for themselves but, but for, for the other people, people. at them yeah. that's actually why if we go into like you know, history mm-hmm. and pleasure and how, like, the church um, op- oppressed women mm. and, like, you know, suppressed women, a mm-hmm. lot of it had to do with turning pleasure from taking it from the, the from the feminine realm to mm-hmm. now um, centering it around men. And yes. they're what... And because they were considered to not be able to control themselves. Mm-hmm. Now women had to suppress their pleasure in loving themselves mm-hmm. in order to avoid el- creating some type of response that when you really think about it, isn't pleasure. It's not pleasure. I mean, actually, I think the oh, the suppression of pleasure and the suppression of sensuality, we're about to get into those sumptuary laws mm-hmm. of what you can and can't wear, what a woman's supposed to look like or not, policing a woman's body, policing the way she expresses her her beauty and her sensuality. I think they have ill effects for men and women. Yeah. We are like a sexual society, but we're not a sensual society because, we, number one, we, we, we do not really incorporate pleasure in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. We, you're a very sedentary society. We sit, we r- drive or ride or wherever we're going, and we sit down and watch other people engaging in pleasure. We go to shows to watch other people dance <laughs> and other people sing. <laughs> but we're not like so much a pleasurable society. And it's got to have ill effects on not just women and women's lives, but probably men's lives too. Compromise. I'm sure. Like just, know. or not even being able to be honest about what you are, you find pleasure in. Yeah. 
I won't keep going back to sex, but I will say this because it, it, there is a connection. Probably people who would be having a lot better sex if they were honest. Yes, if they were honest, and you know, and that that and sucks. That really sucks. <laughs> you should be honest with yourself. Yeah. Speaking of honesty, mm-hmm. so we talked about how pleasure is from the feminine realm. Mm-hmm. You can talk. I like, want to get into like deities that yes. just really. Um, evoked pleasure pleasure yeah and that stood for pleasure yes i mean our word hedonism comes from hedon which is a greek goddess of um of pleasure uh contrary to that hymen (laughs) hymen is a greek god of marriage yes No, which actually talk about too. <laughs> it actually makes sense because, like, well, well in the, the connection to virginity, yeah, marriage, right? Yeah. In, in in that regards, <laughs> it makes <laughs> sense. Yes, but yeah, but, um, Hedon, Hedon of the. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, Talk about she, personification and goddess of pleasure, enjoyment, mm-hmm. and delight. Yes. Um, she's known as voluptuous in Roman mythology, and what I find interesting is that she's a Greek. She is the daughter of the Greek gods Eros, which is Cupid, and Psyche. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, you know, and that took me back to my college years yes. where I took so many Carl Jung classes. I don't know why. But, like... fascinating It stuff. is. Yes. And then I spent, like, you know, all the time about the an- um, anima, animus. Mm-hmm. And basically, Psyche is soul, spirit, mm-hmm. um, anima, and Eros is love. So, yep. So it is basically you have love in the spirit and you create mm. pleasure. Oh, yes. Which is a wild that. thought. Yeah. I lo- this is why I love mythology. So let's let's go through a, a couple because you'll find that like one of the amazing things about studying the goddesses of past and mm-hmm. a lot of times people look at it as like, oh, you're trying to worship. No, because these goddesses embody the aspects of the feminine that, that have helped humankind over mm-hmm. millennia that people as they sat around the fire telling stories said these aspects of the feminine are so powerful we're going to project them into the ethos and create deities out of them so if you really want to understand the feminine and the aspect of our society that's currently oppressed and suppressed you got to dig into dig back yeah and pleasure and sensuality is linked to uh, all i want you to name some more but like all the goddesses that we're about to go down so another one mm-hmm. is Bast, who is the Egyptian goddess of warfare, who's normally depicted as a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the protector and possessed, uh, and said to possess. She's, she actually protects her father, and then also um, protects his all-seeing eye, and then also possesses his all-seeing eye. Mm. Um, and then she is associated with fertility, music, and physical pleasure. Mm. And one thing I realized when I was reading this, um, if you are a Marvel fan in any which way, or if you <laughs> even just you know, was on the train for this year's, you know, one of the biggest films in Black Panther, um, they worshipped Bast. They would say honor to Bast whenever they would see each other, except for the Jabaris. They they um, honored um, a monkey god, but, um, or ape god. Yeah. But, like, um, it, in Black Panther, uh, this... The Black Panther was known for his agility, his stealth, um, and then living in this like very this lap of luxury to be honoring and to be um, worshiping this deity of pleasure. I mm. thought that was a great way, yeah. For like, I thought that was like you know 
honestly, if you read the the comics, I just thought it was interesting that the even the authors, while being white, still kind of was able to make that connection and bring those two concepts together. Also, look at the emphasis though of peace in that society, right? And they were worshiping within that feminine realm. Exactly. So that's interesting as well. So we got Oshun and. Who is like, yeah. so we're <laughs> going like, from Egypt to Nigeria yes. and then crossing. And then with the Shun, we are crossing right back over to Americans. the Americas because the Shun came with, came, with the, came with the ships, yes. has crossed borders, has crossed time. She has she has survived mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she is the Yoruba river goddess of fertility and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So during slavery, she moved over to the Middle and South America. She's also the goddess of love, sexuality, beauty, and diplomacy. Yeah, I love that. Diplomacy is fascinating. Um, but it again, I think that emphasis on peace and cooperation mm-hmm. that exists in that feminine feminine realm. Um, because she's not the only... I mean, if you look at like a star and a star day, yes. Inanna, which also fall in that same realm, uh, they not only were deities representing love and sensuality and creativity and procreativity, but yeah, also diplomacy. You know, Inanna is a goddess of love and war. That's one thing I noticed about a lot love. of goddesses who mm-hmm. did... Um, who were the goddess of pleasure, who were the goddess of love and sex, they were also the goddess of war. Yes. So, and the main concept was like, if you crossed them or if you took from them that did not belong to you, everything would change. And that is where the connection, I think, that we have with pleasure and pain, how quickly they can turn in, one can turn into the other. That is such, oh God, that is, that's a gem, that's a moment. Like I think, "Mm, that's a moment, girl. The fact that, I actually never thought about that as much as I thought about these deities I never thought about you know I always looked at it as you know I think particularly if you look at the Greek pantheon the goddesses are powerful but the goddesses are sort of watered down versions yes. of their predecessors mm-hmm. if you will but if you really look at those you know those those goddesses that have really been around Hathor and Isis the Inanna you know all that um, you'll see that they're far more integrated in a lot of the aspects of that that we've assigned to the realm of the masculine exist Within the feminine, mm-hmm. because they're not necessarily masculine, <laughs> but yeah, they being even oh yeah, right? Oh yeah, yep. You she know, is also with war. She's also a goddess of war, but mm-hmm. then also a goddess of. Um, she was the goddess of uh, death, rebirth. Mm-hmm. That's it. The Viol- cycles. Yes. Yes. Um, that's it. Winds, lightning, and violent storms. Yes. She was known for being a whirlwind. Yes. Um, which is why Oshun and Oya worked really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we talk about the cycles real quick? Yeah. I mean, I think part of the feminine, and I, I love that we're starting with pleasure as our first episode because a lot of these themes are going to keep coming back, and we're going to drill it down as we go further into um, our podcast. But um, you'll find that a lot of the goddesses, Oya being one of them, deal with life death and rebirth and the cycles and as women we're very intimately connected to mm-hmm. the cycles we carry babies to term every 28 days or so you know we have a cycle and there's pleasure in that because i think our society we look at uh, depression is real mental health challenges are real however even if a person has perfect mental health whatever whatever that looks like you're going to go through these dark phases exactly where you're in the womb because things grow in the dark. Exactly. And coming out of that is pleasure. Pleasure. 
And a lot of times I think people don't take a moment to appreciate when you're in the dark space and so that the pleasure and the growth and the, the rebirth. I can feel like happen. you're reading me. Oh no. <laughs> but I mean, this is my own life. Oh I'm my like, god! I'm no, I feel like you're I'm reading, reading me. I was like, wow. Like I used to just tell my whole life story. Okay. <laughs> Definitely in a moment, and it's like I'm not appreciating it. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go back. Yes. Gratitude. Absolutely. That, the pain and pleasure are connected. Because it's true. Because without pain, you cannot. Can you fully? Understand, and I think this is where mm-hmm. um, why women actually really appreciate pleasure because mm-hmm. we've gone through, particularly Black women, we we really are protective of our pleasure because mm-hmm. we have gone through so much pain mm-hmm. and so much in our lives and just so much suffering that we are appreciative of that moment of release, of yes. ease, of um, delight. Yes. Delight is such a soft word, such a very like word. non-committal word, but it's like delight. You know what? Next time somebody texts me, I gotta be like, I would be delighted. Delighted. <laughs> be delighted. It's just like, <laughs> you know, it's and so. Um, Can we talk about some of the roadblocks to pleasure? I mean, because since, we're, especially since we're on Black women, mm-hmm. um, and and in. Put, that word frivolous still bothers me that it's even in the, in the dictionary. But we have, on one hand, a society that sort of associates not just sexuality, but sensuality mm-hmm. with sin. Um, and mm-hmm. if you are to look back just at the, at, at the history of religion, yep. if you will, you will see their very deliberate attempts to associate sex and sensuality. With, and, and, and the further you can abstain from the pleasures of the flesh and sensuality, the closer you are to God. Whereas with ancient cultures, it was the opposite. You experienced it's, God and div- divinity through, through sex. sex. Right. Um, so there's that. And then there's the history of slavery yep. and our bodies being commodities and our bodies not being ours. And there's sexism and the policing of the body, the policing of emotion, the policing of creative expression. And I feel like, you know, if there's one thing that can prevent people from experiencing pleasure, it's shame. Yep. But we've wrapped the female body and the black, especially the black female body in layers of shame. So when we think of pleasure it's not just unwrapping layers of clothes it's like you gotta unwrap layers of shame you just think about like how like you know you you, i know growing up i was i was afraid to uh smile in certain circumstances because i didn't want to be seen as unserious i didn't want to be seen as someone who didn't know what she was doing because i took a lot of pride in my intelligence Mm -hmm. but i also knew that i was in a space where women weren't considered to be as intelligent as their male counterparts so in order to avoid that you don't smile you just take it very seriously you do and you very stoic you only show anger and you are able to navigate that space um, in a way that won't ever make you seem like you are frivolous. So in a world where we associate masculinity with suppressing the emotions Mm -hmm. um, and and the only acceptable emotion being those dark emotions, the anger, the rage, the revenge, you felt like you almost had to adopt that. 
to yeah. be taken seriously, which I think a lot of women. Feel I think, that way. and especially in the workforce, you cannot mm-hmm. to show emotion. And the thing is, like you said, emotion showing emotion is actually pleasurable because mm-hmm. it is a release to mm-hmm. to cry, to laugh, to you know sometimes to just shout, whether for anger or for joy. Yes, um, it's a pleasure to do it, and we don't get a chance because the more I mean, like look at. You know, Michelle Obama, the minute she would start, you know, do anything on stage beside keep a straight face, like mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like she's shucking a job or she is like she's acting like a monkey or she, this like the, the crazy things that yes, would be said about policing, her. Yes. The um, consistent policing of her. You, mm-hmm. She couldn't even wear bright colors without there being a problem. Like she spent her whole career being, you know, belittled for her fashion choices when she's easily one of the most fashionable first ladies that we've Tell ever it. had. Tell you know, um, <laughs> all the shades to Melania to Melania um but yeah we've we've had a history of black women being asked to cover their hair absolutely because of you know their hair that brought pleasure to them and pleasure to fixing it and making young laws there's a word for yes they were required to wear headdresses in order to cover their hair because their cover their hair was considered too sensual the plot twist it just made them more beautiful. <laughs> it made them fly. <laughs> because we so damn fly. So damn what a hairdresser is going to do to us and make us even flyer. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think beauty and the creation of pleasure, I think that is such a subversive power. Because, you know, I think one of the reasons why societies, particularly patriarchal societies, have attempted to police beauty is because when you see it, and it, it, it can be created, we are convinced that it can only be created by a blade and a knife. Mm. No, it can be, beauty is elevation. Like, beauty is a form of genius. Beauty is what you do with what God gave you and how you elevate that. And when you see it, it's like, whoa. And I think that over millennia, uh, there have been, been men who resented the fact that a woman could have that effect on yeah. him and have attempted to police that form of pleasure. Because I think the history says that any type of war that has ever been started mm-hmm. has been because of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and there is, I do believe mm-hmm. that there is some form of you know, resentment on on in the male psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, because like everything else, trauma can be passed down, so resentment can be passed down. Yes, yes. And so I think that a lot of men tend to resent or taught to resent. The more beautiful a woman appears, the more you're taught to resent her because mm-hmm. of the things that she might make you, she, her, she might possess you to do in order to yes. gain her affection. And the idea that you can't have her. Like, I, I mm-hmm. truly believe that when we talk about patriarchy versus matriarchy, a lot of people focus on, like, the passing down of names. No. It's about suppression of feminine agency. The the idea that I, I truly believe that the, the, the reason, that the purpose of patriarchy is to deny women agency, mm-hmm. especially sexual agency, because women become commodities. Yep. Patriarchies aren't made for love. They're not made for communion. They're not made for equal love. They're made for male domination. And the alternative is not female domination. The alternative is egalitarianism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think people yeah. immediately, once they've moving into as as we begin to move into uh, the brink of, I think, a, a feminine awakening. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think people. I think people, not only men, but mm-hmm. people who are so used to having this like. Um, this male dominance are fearful mm-hmm. in the same way that white people are fearful of like the awakening of black people mm-hmm. or but the the the, the 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 forcefulness which black people are saying that we want 
that we deserve and want our power and our autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's the fear that because they know what they've done and they know what they have taken from people. Mm-hmm. So they are always afraid that black people are going to come and kill them in their sleep. And that's and that's what that's also what people feel about feminists. Yeah. That like women are going to like rise up. I'm going to we're going to you just want to kill like, like you want to you want to destroy <laughs> men and you want to no. and I'm just like no. We love men personally. I know you and I. Yeah. Like, and the thing them. is it's like you know if you ever was in the position with somebody that did hate that does hate men yeah can you blame them after this large history of suppression and abuse and destruction mm-hmm. and making sure that the only way that you are allowed to be re- remain a woman is if you center your life and your space and your mind around a penis yeah it's rough i mean i think there are a lot of women that low-key almost live in fear of men yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um, i don't i love men but they're terrible i mean i mean i've been you and i both been blessed to have great men in our lives mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i so at the same time i know there are, are terrible men out there and i know i've had <laughs> been involved with some <laughs> right i mean you know but see it is, it's not an across the board thing but yeah so you want to talk about uh, ways of, you know, reclaiming the body, reclaiming pleasure, pleasure for the sake of pleasure. Like, w- what can women do? Definitely, I think, understanding that there is pleasure outside of sensuality Tell and it. that literally waking up in the morning can be pleasurable. Looking yeah. at the Pleasure outside of sexuality. Pleasure outside yes. of sexuality. Like, mm-hmm. simply looking at the sun. Or even when you do have pleasure in sex, to mm-hmm. take the pleasure in your partner learning your body and not and this is a pleasure and intimacy yes um and the space that you guys both occupy together and you know and just in that space just taking just taking that in and being allowed laughing out loud and smiling and not by not on demand so uh, any men that are hearing this talking about like oh they said that we should be able to (laughs) no none of that shit nobody smiles on demand but like when you fit when you have a thought in your head Mm -hmm. and it brings a smile smile abundantly you Mm -hmm. know i would agree i would say that well for pleasure and sex i think one of the things that has to happen we we touch very briefly but it's gotta be somebody's asking me on instagram what i meant by equal relationship and i'm like it's hard to explain but at the same time it's not it's Mm -hmm. like you see each other as equals it's based on coming together in communion and not coming together in domination Mm -hmm. and i think two people got to see eye to eye it doesn't have anything to do about who's sweeping the floor and who's picking up the kids it has to do with i see you you see me i see your humanity i see your humanity i want your self-actualization you want mine i want your orgasm you want my i mean you know what i mean like we see each other um that i just quoted some reality star right now i don't know who um i just record after we see each other definitely each other thank Mm -hmm. you (laughs) but you see each other and i think that that creates the space candy sorry candy <laughs> thank you it was, gonna, it was gonna kill me too girl it's like who did i just candy quote? we see each other, see each other. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that creates the space like i said about shame though reclaiming the body is also addressing how you've been policed how your emotional expression your smiles how your body how your sexual expression and all of that has been policed um because i think you have to like uh deal with those layers of shame before you can um really truly open yourself up i think i think that 
you do lose a sense of the self when you are you're engaged in pleasure. Your ego is not there, mm-hmm. and self consciousness and shame assures that your ego will not go away. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I think about dancing, like that's just the, the, that's ex- ecstasy for me. I'm not thinking, just moving, I'm just moving, just moving. Yeah. I think also dance is actually a powerful way of reclaiming the body and experiencing pleasure. It definitely is. I it, So I think about that and I think about black people and I mm-hmm. think about like black women and how like there's so many, even in the dance world, there's so many spaces that they are essentially pushed out of because of the fact that their bodies aren't a particular way. So they're considered to not be able to partake in that form of pleasure, mm-hmm. um, even though because of slavery, because of um, colonization, they've essentially been forced to pick up a culture that isn't their own yeah and still be pushed out of it um yeah the the way that so basically you know what i want to point out is that patriarchy particularly white patriarchy Mm -hmm. um what it really is is it's rooted in the fear of black pleasure Mm -hmm. um and namely black male pleasure uh forced upon pure white commodities which is white women Mm -hmm. so what white patriarchy has done is taking everything about the woman and making it about men. They have taken everything about the woman's happiness and pleasure mm-hmm. and joy and have centered it around a phallus. Mm-hmm. And in reclaiming it, you have to separate your pleasure from the men around you. Like you have to consider what is makes That's you, for you. Ha- what is for yes. you, what brings you joy, and Amen. then not allowing yourself to be in pain in order to offer somebody else pleasure. I mean, of course, slavery um, and colonialism mm-hmm. made women's bodies like actual possessions, properties, mm-hmm. like, you know, and so completely denied um, our pleasure. But just in general, I mean, that's what patriarchy did. I mean, we really have taught women that sex is, I mean, they were literally, um, you know, pastors that have said, you know, for women, sex is your duty. You're not yeah, supposed to be experiencing. Is, it, At one point, every other style of sex was banned, but like missionary. missionary. And it's, and that's like the least pleasurable position for, you know, for most women. Um, but y- y- the idea was that sex um, was not about your pleasure, was didn't matter what you were feeling it was about providing this pleasure um for your for your husband for your male partner for your male partner Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean the idea of pleasure for the sake of pleasure and pleasure for you is definitely something that um you we have to we have to reconnect with i think it's incredibly empowering and in speaking of you know dance i mean especially prior to the transatlantic slave trade dance was not something we did to titillate it was something it was a ritual it was right it was something that brought women together or something they did for fertility for cramps for <laughs> for, celebration. for celebration and then also to bring knowledge, men, yeah knowledge and then for, bringing men and women together in a way where y'all are not having sex but you're connecting you think, energy exactly. um, in a safe way filling each other out vibing each other out on the dance floor and those spaces aren't really there's not enough of those spaces today even when we talk about you talked about like the suppression of um of sexuality mm-hmm. for women if we even look at now the differences between like african cultures that are not touched by colonization mm-hmm. or slavery um or globalization and how they prepare their young women for sex as opposed to what happens in the Western world yes. and how it's essentially like there's sex everywhere, but literally there's no sex anywhere. Yes. And how like women are taught, like this is how you 
receive pleasure. It's a part of their it coming of age. It is a part of, of their coming of age. Yeah. As opposed to here where it's like all, it's literally how do you make a nigga come? I'm so <laughs> glad. And first of all, the sex is so much better when a woman's enjoying herself. First That's, of all. I feel like person. men should also consider that. Like, me, like sex is going to be so much better if she's enjoying herself. Absolutely. If she's comfortable. If she's... If she is in, t- if you make her feel like she's like her body isn't like she's in tune with her body herself, mm-hmm. and you are along for the ride, it's yes. a lot better for oh. you. Like it, it, so much better because like that's when that's when we are that's when anybody is willing to try anything. In every way we are open. Like there's a lot of shit you could probably get away with if you were just like, okay, girl, like what you want me to do? <laughs> but that trust, that almost that radical trust that shows up in sex when a woman feels like she's supported like mm-hmm. she's seen like she's even lo- I, I think to a certain extent love but that there's some connection there um that that what that surrender does what that's that's more powerful than you know any tricks but i will say this we we're talking about how other i'm glad you brought that up in other cultures where there's a healthy celebration of sex which is this normal function without it we wouldn't be here it's also probably less sexual cruelty. I think one of the reasons, one of the um, as one of the outcomes of existing in a culture that vilifies sex and and places so many controls over the body and experience of pleasure is that it comes out in very perverse, cruel expressions. So I think one of the reasons why, if you watch some of the crazy examples of porn, some yeah. of the more extreme examples of porn, uh, porn, sexual abuse, the prevalence of sexual abuse, the pre- prevalence of rape, the prevalence of cruelty in the bedroom, men who are not really trying to give you pleasure. They are trying to give you pain. Because what they're looking for is, because now when we've taken away... We've repressed um, femininity. Yeah. So what you're left with is just seeking of power, not pleasure. Yeah. Thinking that that power will give you some form of pleasure when in reality it leaves you just as empty because it doesn't offer any emotional positivity. Yeah. You're not experiencing your whole self. You're Mm -mm. not fully integrated. You're stuck. And if pleasure is the easing of pain and and also allowing the body to experience itself, allowing the body to express itself, then men don't get that either. Mm -mm. They think what they're getting is pleasure, but it's really like tension and release. So I guess to a certain extent, it's a lower form of pleasure, but it's not... You know, that highest form. You look at Tantra, for example. Tantra is all about being engaged in your partner and recycling that energy. And let me tell you, I'm sure that pleasure in comparison to what some, mm-hmm. <laughs> some dudes think they experience is a totally different level. But yeah, I think that's one of the uh, dangerous and the sad outcomes of in our overall society, how we've suppressed, we've, we've vilified sex, we made it sinful, and we have suppressed pleasures that it, it doesn't go away. It just comes out in these very perverted forms. And I think that's... Like FGM, FGM is actually one of the biggest reasons that it's cre- it's done. Female genital mutilation, mutilation mm-hmm. it's done because for pleasure for Men. the man. Yeah. Exactly, that's a great example. As a po- and meanwhile, so many women who go through it can never have a normal sexual life. That's I can't imagine that. Honestly, like, and, and it's crazy because in the same, it's in, within the same continent, yeah. you have cultures which really um, just really celebrate 
the coming of age and learning about sex and women being finding pleasure in it. Mm-hmm. And then that same, probably in two villages away, you'll have people who ha- could care less about the pleasure of a woman and will mutilate her in order to offer pleasure to a husband that she has not even seen yet. And the difference is just cultural attitudes towards gender, but in cultural attitudes towards sex. Yes. Healthy versus unhealthy oh, attitudes right. towards sex. It's, it's, it's normal. And then even with it, it's normal. Some people take that to the extreme just because it's normal doesn't mean it's nothing yeah it's still powerful um it still should be respected what's happening is you know i always feel like when when women really understand the power and the energy exchange of sex you you're a lot more selective and it's that selectiveness doesn't come out of oh i gotta be a good girl church girl no it comes out of i don't worry about his energy and being in my being. Right. Because I get it. And I know what it can be. And I, to a certain extent, once you know what it can be, there's no going back. <laughs> you know? I've always felt like, particularly in sex and choosing, I think you should, I've always thought you should be a selective. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt like if you can walk into a situation I mean there are people that you should not have sex with because that's how bad their energy is period Yeah. but at the same time I always always felt like if you are unable to protect yourself entirely mm-hmm. wrap yourself up in the idea that you are only for one thing and one thing only and that mm. is for the pleasure that is for physical pleasure mm. this is not something you should be doing particularly in the ideas of casual sex and that's like hard. like you cannot if you cannot wrap, wrap yourself protectively because yeah. a lot of people because the thing is, is like some, some women absolutely can't and this is also this is also something for men too because mm-hmm. the idea is that you know men can have sex with anybody and a lot of them are picking up just as bad energy as women are. They, uh, they, oh my so God, like yes. if you cannot protect <laughs> yourself completely and understand that this is just only for physical pleasure and there is yes. nothing else that is going to be in it, so there's no expectations besides what your body can do, mm-hmm. then you know it becomes a lot easier to enter into a sexual relationship with anybody Mm -hmm. but if there is any type of opening any type of door even if it's just cracked open it Mm -hmm. can cause you a world of harm yes and that is where your pleasure turns into a lot of pain yeah you know also want to say women but when it comes to just this is probably a segue but still when it comes to consent because sometimes you will start the deed and maybe you knew beforehand this just wasn't the, the it or maybe you know while it's happening, mm-hmm. you do have the right to change your mind. Yes, you do. I just want to remind him in that you got the right. You to have change the right. Your to mind. You could be say in it. his house, and your coat's still on. Change your mind. Then you can change mm-hmm. your mind. Your coat off, clothes off, panties off. Doing it, you can change you, your mind. You can be like, actually, this is not going to work. <laughs> it's not working because you sometimes. Oh, this is not it. He just got to slide up out of there and go, up and everybody gonna go to sleep. Or I mean. <laughs> Somebody may have to go home because you know how these how people how, how these men get like yeah. oh we're not gonna fuck okay you need to leave so you might have to take that L and Ooh, get yourself an Uber but just, you know yeah which is great that Uber exists because now you can go home because <laughs> 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 you know a couple of years ago when we had to rely on taxis and stuff you would have to sleep on just, a nigga's couch but no, now, no once you I feel like once you're like nah it's not good that's time to go you okay you got to call everybody if you don't have one good friend in your life. <laughs> that you can call <laughs> then you need to do that better. yeah I'm, <laughs> this is why you guys meet somewhere <laughs> I'm telling you I'm, I'm telling or you or you make them meet you at your I mean no not your house because yeah. people are so crazy it's, it's hard I mean I'm you know me I, I you gotta trust the person and you, but even if, but even if you've done all the sussing out and filling his spirit and energy and getting to know him and all that and you trust him 
hits things and still kind of he could hit you with some Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde yeah, once the door closed. You just absolutely. You just don't know. You always got to have that contention plan. I did want to share a quote from Bell Hooks. Yes, yes. Let's bring in the queen. Favorite person. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of you men love her. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know I do. Um, So she quoted um, that about Tony Cade bambara that she wanted and she says quote she wanted me to remember the pleasure that pleasure is political Mm. for the capacity to relax and play renews the spirit and makes it possible for us to come to the work of writing clearer ready Mm. for the journey and that is what pleasure does it allows you so while pleasure is not happiness because happiness is a is a full journey yes but pleasure is a major part of your happiness yes. and it allows you to think clearer allows you to relieve tension it allows you to be able to see clearer um especially if you've been in a moment of darkness yes. um which is why they say that laughing is such a great therapy absolutely be- because like you know you're able to you're laughing just allows you to release and then allows you to kind of find a moment of um, if not happiness, then joy. Yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to make this one little point. Um, if you look at the tan, uh, the Taoist tradition, also Kundalini, it's all about moving energy up. Mm-hmm. So the energy, you have this energy that's stored in your sort of basic, your ovaries if you're a woman and your sexual organs and pleasure is the act of circulating that energy and transforming mm. that energy so in the Taoist tradition it goes from sort of sexual energy to life force energy and then to spiritual energy kundalini is the same way but if you think about laughter where does the laugh come from it comes from deep, deep down mm-hmm. and it comes all the way up and, and out. out and you think of ecstatic orgasms ecstatic experiences i think that's why singing is so pleasurable not mm-hmm. just to do but to hear because where is that air coming from it's coming up and out so I, I tend to think of pleasure that's one way to look at pleasure almost as this expression and the circulation of energy but also that expression of that energy yeah. it's got to have some place to go you got to experience your own energy and if it doesn't come out then this what happens to it becomes pain yeah I really believe that. It becomes pain. I really believe that. It becomes pain. Yeah, I think when you dance, all that stuff, you're circulating that energy. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, so (laughs) this week, you know, in the talks of pleasure, what are we grateful for? All right, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay, um... Okay, I thought about this, and I am grateful for... Do you know Susan Douglas? Susan Douglas was on The Parenthood. She played the mom on The Parenthood. She was in How Stella Got Her Groove Back. She played her sister. Yes. Okay. She uh, She's a friend of my mom's, and she also sings. Oh, so I, I did not know either. So my mother's like, we're going to go see her set. And I was like, okay. You know, she probably sang me, 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 you know, a little bit. You know, she can blow, like, jazz, and it had her own music. She was killing it. But one thing I was struck by is just she was so open on stage. Like, she would, if she felt like dancing, she would dance. She, she, her husband was in the audience. She talked about her husband and, you know, professed her love for him. Not in a weird way, mm-hmm. but just in a very honest way. And at one point, she started crying. And I was like, she is so firmly... By the way, she also says her husband was her seventh um, proposal. She was she was she was living her best life in her twenties. Okay, seven. That's a great number. proposal, and he's a wonderful guy. So I should just it was it was 
it was pleasure in action. And it was seeing a woman who was experiencing her own pleasure, living her best life. And she was so firmly rooted in herself, so comfortable being herself and so comfortable being herself in front in the presence of others. It was just full disclosure. And it was so inspiring to me. So I'm actually really grateful that I had that experience because when I first came along, I was like, ah, what do we have things? No, it was fabulous. It was wonderful. If you ever ever have the opportunity to see Susan Douglas in performance, please do. What are you grateful for? I am grateful for endurance to run. So I know it's, so I have been trying to lose weight again. And I've always known that when I'm, I'm in a funky place, when I get on the treadmill and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then I realized towards the end of the run, I was like, no, I actually enjoy doing this and it makes me happy. And it makes me feel like that. If there ever is a moment, you know, cause I also lift and I, um, you know, I lift heavy and then I, but I also enjoy running and it's just like, when you finish, it's like these, this is something that my body can do. Like, there is something so fulfilling to hit that 8.0 and then be able to actually do it. Mm, like, yes. and so yes. I get on it and I'm like, oh my God, I hate running. And then I finish 30 minutes later. I'm like, no, I love running. Yes. I love the feeling of my my legs working overtime mm. and then just know, and then there's a strength. It's like almost like as a strength is leaving my body, it's also coming back in mm. um, because I know my mind knows that like, you have 10 minutes to go and you can freak this. Like you can completely run this and run, do whatever you have to do afterwards. You have more than enough strength. You have, your body is more than built for this. Like, yes. and it's like pushing your body, even if when the most moments that you don't have it, you're pushing your body to, to just go further and further. Mm -hmm. And so just like being grateful for it also, like, when I think about the gratitude of it, I think about when I get on, every time I get on the treadmill and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I always remember that this is a moment of strength. It is. And so, and I have to always enjoy it because you never know what's going to happen in the future. And this is a moment to utilize every single muscle and every single part of your body to yes. do something that is good for it. So Yeah, I think it's actually, it's, it's so good to be grateful for your body. Yeah. It's one of those things we just take advantage of. Like, just be grateful for your body. You are, and, and I think in, my journey of losing weight gaining weight I think I've become a lot more um, sensitive to what my body can and cannot do mm -hmm. the first time I like really lost a significant amount of weight I really just kind of like took time to kind of like learn things about my body to order to kind of like know when things are wrong mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's what it is like I don't I don't focus on the number so much just so much as how I feel, how you feel yeah. because it's about just being connected to the body and I think our society a lot of times we distance ourselves from our body and when you do that when things are going wrong not just weight wise just in general like you're not you're not there to hear what your body's trying to tell you you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I think a lot of it just comes from being connected and appreciating your body shout out to Thanksgiving <laughs> I know, because it's coming. <laughs> Woo, I'll be getting ready. I'll be, like, running extra for Thanksgiving, because let me tell you, there's... Talk about pleasure. Talk I about decadence. That's my favorite. That's my favorite, favorite holiday. holiday ever. <laughs> I do not hope back, favorite okay? My stomach starts hurting. I'm like, ooh, let me take a little break. Break, right take back. a nap. <laughs> Wake up at 12 midnight, be in that fridge, right like, where the, where the leftovers? 
Yes. They taste know, better when they leftovers. I don't know why. So, like, we have Thanksgiving at my parents' house. I really don't like going to anybody else's house. But, like, <laughs> so we'll cook and we'll stuff like that. And then people will come over to us. And then, like, sometimes I'll take go and take a nap. And I'll wake up. And then I realize that my sisters have given people our leftovers. And I was like, why Excuse would you, you do this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it was too much food. I'm like, there's never enough food. Because next week when you're hungry, what are you going to eat? What is too much food? What is that? You know, it's people who don't want to put stuff in the fridge. That's what it is. You don't right. want to make space in the fridge. Bag. Right. It'll and meanwhile, we got two You'll freezers. Still... We got uh, two fridges in that house. Like, there's plenty of space, but no one might want to do it because they don't want to have to figure out the spacing. So they they rather give it away. FYI, it's then... always my job. <laughs> I always got to be the one. I'm just like, I cooked all this food. I was going to be the one. I'm be washing dishes 4 a.m. in the morning. Putting your food away. All right. So, but we encourage you to at home to, or wherever you're listening to our voices, to think about what you're grateful for, because we're going to be doing that Hopefully After every episode, yeah, yeah, just kind of talk about not only just in pleasure, but just what you're grateful for. I actually yeah. started on my Instagram, just kind of like, it, it's it's like a, it's an exercise in healing mm-hmm. because I re- like, you know, I've been in a very dark place um, since I turned 30, which is like, I, I know that there is a rebirth coming because God clearly has a plan for me. Yes. Um, and I think in order to prepare for that, uh, something came to me, a friend when I was complaining about like just I'm so my heart is so heavy and I feel like I just can't do this anymore and he said you know pray and be grateful mm-hmm. remember the things that you are gratitude that you are grateful for and I was just like and then I remember waking up you know Yvonne Orji on her Jesus and Jalaf her, her podcast with uh, Lovey Ajayi mm-hmm. she was talking about how like one day she was super hungry and she was like okay you know sometimes she's like go oh, sleep and God will provide the next morning mm-hmm so I was like, let me take Yvonne's, because Yvonne is like the prayer warrior of she like is. Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, she was like, um, so I was like, I'm going to go to sleep, Lord. I need you to wake up. I need to wake up and not have this heaviness in my mm-hmm. heart. Woke up, still was there. And I, and I was praying. I was like, I don't know what to be grateful for because life by itself is not enough. I've never been afraid of death. But I was like, so mere existence is not going to be enough for someone like me. I cannot mm-hmm. just coast through life. I need more. I need, mm-hmm. there's more things I need. And so that morning, I was trying to fast, but I was like, I'm going to go to breakfast. Stopped at the Whole Foods <laughs> next to my job. And then walked past, it. I was like, let me get some kombucha. Walked past the kombucha, and it's one of their, like, the fall flavor was living in gratitude. Stop. I was like, okay universe signs and i go to the whole foods at my job Mm -hmm. next to my job and i'm going to get breakfast inside i want to get some kombucha because i hadn't drank it in a while and then i walked past and then gt one of i think it's called gt and one of their fall flavors was um living in gratitude and they have this like tree on it that has like all these branches of things to be grateful for Mm. And I was just like, you know, look at God, look at God, yeah. like, look at him, like, look, like, look, like, prepare yourself because the, your breakthrough is coming. Yes. And so I got into my office and I was just like, okay, I had, pl- I was, my plan was this October to do like scandal quotes, but it wasn't, I wasn't committed enough the way I was with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yes. So I was just like, okay, you know what? Scrap all of that. Yeah. We're going to work on gratitude and every day for as long as I need to, I'm going to say one thing that I am grateful for and so yesterday was knowledge today was courage and Mm. it's you know courage to literally wake up in the morning because life is hard life is extremely hard and sometimes getting up out your bed and putting one foot out the other to go brush your teeth to take a shower to get out the door it requires courage and it, it is not a small thing yeah 
And so I I have not been very open about my experiences when people are very, very close to me know, you know, what the last several years of my life has been, but very much impacted by anxiety and in a very dark place that yeah. I had to get out of. Um, and so, I mean, over time, I, I developed, that's, that's why I have an appreciation for the journey and the rebirth. I truly believe things grow in the dark. It's the only way things can grow. But the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I have a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and bef- I mean, literally, my feet hit the floor and I pick up the journal and I write 10 things that I'm grateful for. It's the very uh-huh. first thing I do in the morning. And I do 10 because most mornings I feel great. Um, but on those mornings where it's just like, you know, you know, some with some do, some with <laughs> work, whatever. And I'm like, I feel that heaviness in my spirit. I promise you by the time I get to 10. You feel so much better. I feel so much better. And I also feel like it's helping me appreciate each day because I always feel like, you know, every day when I say my prayers and every day when I do my gratitude, I thank God for my body. I thank God for, I mean, not just like my body, but like I have a body. I'm able-bodied. I can get up and go run and walk. Um, I thank God for my parents every day. I thank God for the love of my life every day. I thank God for the move. So if something were to happen tomorrow, I would not feel like I didn't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And when you start the day like that, I just can't even tell you how much of an impact that little practice has made in my life. So... I definitely believe it. For those of you all at home, maybe something you can try. Let us know how that works out for you. Just find every day, whether it's one thing, whether it's ten things, or something in between. So, this was great. This was fabulous. Great first episode. I hope you guys, um, any comments, any suggestions. We'd love them. We'd love to hear from from you. Um, Toss out your social media. Yes, so you can find us mm-hmm. at inside the pink podcast that's what we are okay, on at instagram inside at the inside the pink podcast, podcast on instagram okay and then and then you're you're private so my ig is private but you twitter. can so uh, twitter is open and that is words by uchechi that mm-hmm. is u-c-h-e-c-h-i um Okay. One of these days, I'll open up IG. Right now, I, I mean, need look, to. It's no pressure. Yeah. You got the Twitter, so <laughs> just as long as they can reach you some way. So you got that. That and I am um, at Aisha K Thanes, A Y E S H A K F A I N E S, and Twitter same handle as well. Um, also, womenlovepower.com. So yeah, so hit us up on you know IG on the IG. So that's once again that is inside the pink podcast. Um, and once you find us, you can find all of our contact information on there as well. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah, guys. Peace and love. Yes. Have a good one. (laughs)